an entitled Karen steals my entire vegetable garden, claiming that because she lives in the neighborhood, she has full permission to go into my side yard and take all of my vegetables. Things got so bad that we had to threaten to call the police on them just to try and get them to stop. Here's what happened. So to start off, we have a not-so-small vegetable garden in the backyard of my family's house. Me and my mom are the gardeners, and we grow a bunch of zucchini, snap peas, herbs, broccoli, carrots, tomatoes, all kinds of vegetables in the back garden. Well, one day, I hear something outside my window, which is right above the largest planter box in our garden. I look outside, and I see two kids from the neighborhood picking vegetables from the planter box. So immediately, I run out, and I see the two of them with arms full of zucchini and carrots, and even some tomatoes. I ask them what on earth they're doing, and they just said, we live in the neighborhood, which seemed like a weird explanation. So I told them that those are our vegetables, and they can't have them. But they just said, it's our neighborhood too, we can have them if we want. And they then took off before I could stop them, literally vaulting over our small fence that separates our side yard from the neighbors. A few days later, I heard something out my window again, and I look out, and I see the kid's mom loading up a basket with vegetables from the planter. I again rush out and see that this entitled Karen and her kids are loading baskets with everything they could grab. I watched as this entitled Karen grabbed a handful of chives that I had been growing and literally ripped them out, roots and all. My mom must have heard me run out because she came outside as well. She started screaming, demanding to know what they were doing in our backyard. All the while, the kids just kept picking vegetables while the mom just turned around annoyed. She looked at us and said, it's everyone's neighborhood and we need the food. And she said this still while picking from the garden, completely desecrating my prized chives. My mom then told this entitled Karen that if she had just asked us, we would have happily given her some of our vegetables that we spent so much time trying to grow. And even if it's everyone's neighborhood, it is our garden. This entitled Karen then huffed and puffed and left with her kids. And there literally wasn't anything that we could do about it. After the entitled Karen left, our garden was damaged beyond repair. Our zucchini plants were torn to bits and the peas and tomatoes were trampled and shredded. And our grape bush that we had spent years growing was completely snapped into at the base where one of them had stepped on it. There were no fresh vegetables that year and my mom couldn't make her chocolate chip zucchini bread that she normally loves to make. A few days later we installed a lock on the backyard fence and the neighbors came banging on our door mad that we installed a lock preventing them from getting into our garden. But my mom just told them to go away and if she saw them in our garden again she would call the cops. We thankfully never saw them again and our garden is happy now as my mom and I managed to bring the grapes back to life and tried our very best to restore the garden back to what it was. Fast forward and not too long ago, we planted some blueberry bushes in our front yard and as you could probably guess, someone keeps stealing them and half the blueberries are gone each season. We let the kids in the neighborhood eat them but they only take like 8 or 10 of them at most. There are 10 bushes in total with about 100 to 150 blueberries on each bush so it really makes you wonder who in the neighborhood would steal a couple hundred blueberries every year. Now we haven't caught them yet, but everyone knows what's going on, and it's only a matter of time until this entitled Karen and her stupid children are caught in the act. What an awful situation. These people actually broke into your backyard and quite literally robbed you blind. I mean, they're taking baskets full of vegetables, and with that description alone, I can only imagine what kind of garden you must have had. It very clearly must have been something serious, and it must have been devastating to have all of that hard work literally taken 
taken away from you by some selfish, entitled Karen who clearly did not care about you or your property. And I think you've made some really good steps moving forward to ensure that your stuff is not stolen in the future. And what kind of logic is that? It's our neighborhood so we could do what we want. Yeah, sure, but it's not your property. You can't just go on someone else's property and start stealing from them. Like, that's not okay. That would be like going to my neighbors and saying, hey, I like your Christmas lights, but we're neighbors and this is my neighborhood too. So guess what? Those lights are mine now. And just start ripping them off. Like, no, you can't do that. That's not okay. So if anything, I really hope the original poster gets some kind of security system with cameras pointed directly at your garden as well as your blueberry bushes. That way, if they're stupid enough to try and come back to your house, you will have this entitled Karen on recording. Because I honestly think that might be the only way possible that you can catch her in the act and have any hope of even proving it. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My entitled co-worker is on the verge of getting fired, and despite my attempts to try and help her in her situation, she decided to push me and my 25 years of experience on this subject matter off to the side, claiming that she could handle her termination meeting without my crucial involvement. And as a result, she dug her own grave and ended up getting fired. Here's what happened. So I work in a union shop, and I've been a shop steward for almost 25 years. In that time, I've seen some really crazy stuff, both figuratively and literally. And every single time, I've been unwary enough about how fate works to utter the words that now I've seen everything. But you know what? The universe will still inevitably hand me its beer and say, hey, watch this happen. Now, stewards, despite the general perception of us, are not there to defend employees who are accused of misconduct. We're there to defend the collective bargaining agreement, meaning that if you've really, truly messed yourself up and your future with the agency we both work for, my role is primarily helping you determine which one of your options for leaving you're going to exercise. I've been at this rodeo for a long time, so management and I generally have a pretty good understanding of how things are going to go. So that is how we come upon Jackie. Jackie was one of those unbelievably toxic, peaked in high school cheerleader type of person with just enough understanding of what our employer does, how it's required to behave within federal guidelines, and what its obligations are, basically doing the bare minimum just to skirt the line. Now, to be clear, those things are not just the law. They're also morally right to be concerned about. And so my employer actually bends over backwards and does backflips to be absolutely certain that they're going above and beyond the minimum. Now, Jackie was not a minority in any sense. She was a female in a workplace that's 80% female, so that doesn't quite apply to this scenario. She may well have been disabled, but that was undiagnosed. And I'm inclined to think her claims of it, much like the rest of the things she said, were complete fabrications that she would just make up. So the point at which I got involved was at the tail end of over a year's worth of actions by Jackie, in which it rapidly became apparent that her manager was, in fact, an excellent candidate for canonization. I got referred to her when one of my other union friends contacted me and said to me, hey, Jackie just got put on administrative leave and it's complete BS. Can you help? I get referrals like this a lot, both because I've been around forever and because I have a pretty good track record for ensuring that people accused of stuff that they haven't actually done get treated fairly. So honestly, nothing stuck out to me as odd. I contacted Jackie and she had absolutely no idea why management would put her on administrative leave without any warning, as well as confiscate all of her agency issued devices, including her access, while also instructing her that she was not to have any contact at all with anyone she worked with during work hours. Now this immediately sent off a whole host of red flags. For one thing, 
thing. I know the senior HR guy that is the HR analyst's boss who's involved, having been down the road of difficult situations many, many times over the years. I don't always agree with him, but he is fair, and usually we can come to some kind of middle ground. But with that in mind, he would never suspend someone out of the blue without a really, really good reason. She knows what she's done. She simply has to. So I gave her my usual spiel of things to do and not do in this situation. I tell her, don't tell me or our employer things that aren't true, especially if you think it'll make you look bad if you don't. Also, don't talk to your coworkers. Don't talk to your friends about this, especially since you live in a town that has less than 2,000 people in it and everyone knows everything about everyone else. Don't go to management or HR without me present, period. And when they do start asking questions, keep the answer simple. Basically, to the point, keep it short and do not give lengthy explanations. Tell them what they want to know and otherwise just shut up. Listen, I have been here and done this many times. I know this process very well. I can't tell you what they're going to do, but I can tell you what I think they're going to do. And I'm usually either right or pretty close to being right. Now, I have been surprised, but that doesn't happen often. Nearly three weeks then went by of radio silence from the agency, other than a bland sort of, we want to talk with Jackie, about utilization of work assignments, as well as some tasks and equipment. And this all came in an email that almost tells you nothing while still being literally true. Eventually and finally, it was go time for a meeting. And I did something I haven't done in a really long time. I physically drove to Jackie's work site instead of attending virtually. It was about an hour and a half each way, but I mean, why not? The weather was nice, so I just went ahead and did it. We met up ahead of going in, and I asked her if she remembered the rules I gave her at the beginning. She said that she did, and I asked her if she would follow them, and she said that she would be very careful. So we went in with that in mind. During the meeting, it was almost immediately obvious to me from the questions that they started asking that Jackie was in serious, serious trouble. Not like written warning or pay reduction. Nothing so simple. They were going to go for termination, and she was probably going to be very lucky if they decided not to refer to the DA for criminal prosecution. Here's an abbreviated summary of just the high points that basically put Jackie in hot water. For starters, Jackie had hundreds of confidential documents and electronic files in her personal possession, many of which fall squarely under HIPAA. She emailed these out from the government system to one of the four or five personal email addresses that she maintains. Jackie had also logged overtime without permission, and she did this a lot. And on one memorable date, when she was vacationing in Europe with her family at the time, she said that she called in to attend a meeting, but did not have an answer why that meeting had apparently been 11 and a half hours long, and nobody remembered her attending by phone. Jackie also had audio recordings of disabled and elderly people with whom she was working with, and that she had taken this kind of recordings without their consent or knowledge. And she did this a lot. Jackie's overall work product and system activity reliably showed that she was logged in at the start of the day from her home, and she worked some in the afternoon. But there were hours and hours of time when her computer was just simply idle. She explained this as participating in union activities, which I knew was complete BS. Now, Jackie is not a steward. Jackie has no idea what the collective bargaining agreement actually says about much of anything, beyond assuming that stewards can do whatever they want and management can't say anything, which is incredibly uninformed. At any rate, steward activity must be recorded and time-coded as such. Now, there is more than just this. There's so, so much more. But in the interest of brevity, I will summarize the next four months of my dealing with this woman by pointing back to the cardinal rules I gave her and simply inform you that she broke every single one of them. And I mean a 
lot. When it finally got to the dismissal hearing that comes before the you're fired, get out of here letter, she told me going in that she wanted to run things because she had some stuff that she wanted to cover that she thought I probably wouldn't be comfortable doing, which is true because it was irrelevant. And also she claimed that I didn't know much about the situation in general. So she felt like I wasn't really on her side in this situation to begin with. I look at her and I say, I really don't think that's a good idea. I have done a lot of these and you really should let me handle it. But Jackie looks at me and says, no, I know what I'm doing. And I talk to my attorney about this a lot. You can't stop me. I look at her and I say, yeah, you're right. I can't. But this isn't going to go the way you think it will. Jackie kept saying that she knows she's right and that they can't do this to me. But I said to her again, this is not a good idea, but okay, it's your show. Go for it. So in we went and I sat down. The senior HR guy I mentioned earlier was there and he gave me a funny look when I sat back with my laptop closed and said nothing. Dismissal meetings are actually our meeting and we get to run them from start to finish. Everyone else is there just to listen. She started talking and I have to give them credit. They took notes. They listened to the things that she said and kept straight faces the entire time and it went exactly as I figured that it would. Just the things they'd asked her about in the first several meetings I attended with Jackie had covered fireable offenses on at least four or five different subjects, all independent of one another. At the end, when she finally wound down, they all turned to me, Jackie included, and asked if I had anything I wanted to cover or that I thought may have been missed. I looked at them all and I said, nope, I think she covered everything actually. I don't have anything to add. That afternoon, I got the union copy of her dismissal notice. Generally, they are open to at least discussing the option of the worker resigning and giving them a neutral reference going forward, but that wasn't in the cards. The last I had heard of Jackie, the Department of Justice was involved with her and her husband, and I'm reasonably confident that it didn't go well for her either. I do know that she will never work for the government again, as the letter was pretty explicit about what information they would release to any government agency asking for reference. So as it went down, they had more than enough evidence to terminate her completely, and it literally is her own fault. Yeah, Jackie sounds like she was in a lot of trouble, like serious hot water. Not only was there time theft, but she was recording people without their consent and transferring electronic documents that were super, super confidential. Like, in my opinion, that lady definitely deserves to get fired. And the way that she was treating the one person who was going to be on her side and basically pushed her aside and said, no, I'm going to handle it. I bet at this point, Jackie's probably kicking herself because I bet the original poster, who has been doing this for 25 years, mind you, probably could have saved them to some extent in this situation. So honestly, this is not anybody's fault except for Jackie's. The original poster is not a jerk and they did the right thing. I mean, Jackie made her wishes very clear. She wanted to handle the meeting that she literally did not know what she was getting into. Because at the end of the day, I bet the original poster, even if they were involved in this process and tried to say something on the behalf of Jackie, it probably still would not be enough to save her from the hammer of justice that was very clearly falling on her. So I guess the moral of the story is that sometimes you just gotta look to the person who clearly knows what they're doing. And if 25 years of experience isn't enough evidence for you to understand that yeah, they probably can help you get out of this mess, then just like with Jackie, I literally don't think anything could save you here. My wife is lying about our son beating her at chess, despite the fact that she is rated 2300 and is incredibly good. And I simply can't get the truth out of her and I don't know what to do. So I have an odd and very specific issue with my wife and I wanted some perspective on it. So for a bit of context, my wife is really good at chess. And I mean like really good. She used to play in tournaments. 
She is a titled player, with her peak rating being about 2350, so she is very good. And for context, I am not very good. I enjoy the game, but I am nowhere near her. My online rating is maybe half hers, if I'm lucky. Recently, our 10-year-old son has started to show an interest in chess, and we have been teaching him the game. Before we begin teaching him, my wife and I had talked and come to the agreement that it would not benefit him to go easy on him or let him win. It was better to play at our actual strengths and help him understand the game, help him learn to analyze his games, replay the critical positions, and understand where he could make improvements or choose a different line to play in the game. We were totally on the same page for this, completely in agreement. However, when my wife plays with our son, she has been letting him win. Mind you, she is 2350. She is incredibly good. Now, she is obviously not playing anywhere near her real strength, and after about 30 games between them, over the course of the last few weeks, he has a positive score against her, which is crazy. For context, over the 16 years that we have been together, I've had about a thousand games with my wife, and out of all of those games, I have never beaten her. Not once, not ever. Not a single game. She just demolishes me, completely rolls me off the board. Once, about five years ago, when she had the flu, I drew her in a perpetual check from a losing position, and I was very proud of that. I hold that as one of the strongest games I've ever played. The only way I'm winning a chess game against my wife is if she falls asleep at the board and I win on time. She is just that far beyond me. Now, here's where the issues begin. When I try to talk to her about it, she just straight up lies to me. She flatly insists that she's playing to her full strength and all of his wins are legitimate, which is simply not true at all. And before I get the suggestion of somebody saying that he might just be a prodigy of some kind and that the two of them are playing at the level that I can't understand, that is simply not the case. I have observed their games and he is playing like a beginner. I have even plugged some of their games into an engine and the engine will just break down crying at how bad the play is on both sides. It's not a subjective interpretation. These games are objectively bad. My wife is simply refusing to capture hanging pieces for multiple turns, intentionally making bad trades, making anti-positional moves that make no sense, refusing to execute extremely simple combinations that even I can see. Like, my wife can see mate in three. She can probably even see mate in 15. So the idea that she is just simply missing those things is absolutely nonsensical. Now, when I play my son, I completely crush him. I'm not blaming him. He's still learning the game, but he's still at the level where he can fall for the scholar's mate and making one move blunders. That's just where he is. When I try to talk to my wife about it, she insists up and down that she's playing as well as she can, and she's so earnest about it that it's almost like she genuinely believes it. I'm going as far as even beginning to worry about some kind of mental illness. Like, I have no idea what is going on here. I've never had anything like this with her because normally we are very communicative, so this really is out of left field for her and truly very odd. I've tried talking with her about it multiple times now, but I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I don't even know how to discuss this with her when we can't even agree on what is objectively happening in reality. It's like trying to discuss how to build a sailboat when you can't even agree on what water is or if cloth and wood are things that actually exist in reality. I don't even know how to start a conversation here. As it stands, my son won't play with me anymore because I always win and it's disheartening for him. If it was simply a case of my wife seeing that he needs a confidence boost as well as her changing her mind about letting him win, I of course would have zero problem with that. I'm 100% on board. We can totally do that. I've even said that directly to her, but she's very adamant that she's not going easy on him in any way. The issue isn't that she's letting him win. It's that she's refusing to admit it.
it. It's just so bizarre. She's just blatantly insisting that reality isn't real, and I honestly don't know what to do. It's pretty obvious that your wife is letting this kid win. She's rated 2350. That is not an easy rank to get to. For context, most people would not get ranked higher than 1800. Like, that is probably the peak of most people in the world. So she is a cut above the rest, almost in the professional standard. So I completely agree with the original poster here. She is absolutely letting this kid win. But honestly, it's probably for the best. This kid has already decided that he's not going to play against the original poster because they keep losing all the time. There's no confidence boost. There's nothing like that. And it's no longer fun. So it's not out of the question for her to just completely let this kid win. But I think there's also some kind of pride issue going on. I don't think she's mentally declining. I think she literally just doesn't want you involved in this process. Or at least it kind of seems that way. She most likely just wants her son to have some kind of interest in chess. That's my perspective at least. Maybe she thinks that if she just lets him win and allows him to gain some kind of confidence, that eventually she can get him up to a level where he would be really, really good. And I also really don't like the original poster's approach to trying to play his wife when she's sick just to try and get a win. Like, I get it. You're not that good at chess, but it seems like it's almost obsessive for you at this point. Like, your wife is clearly encouraging him to do better, whereas you are just trying to win. And hopefully you can see the difference of opinions. And maybe the reason why she can't talk to you about this specifically is probably just that. She probably just can't talk to you about it. You can say that you're on board and you want to teach this kid chess, but compared to her, you literally don't know what you're doing. So hopefully there's some kind of middle ground that can be found here. Because based on what you've described, I think there might be some stuff going on with the way you act that's causing her to want to shut down and pretend like he really is playing at his best. Because at the end of the day, he is a 10-year-old kid. And if he doesn't enjoy this game, then he really will drop it aside and never play it again. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.